Hello and welcome to Spark at the Match, a brand new concept where we discuss the Premier League season so far right here at Spark in Commercial Bay. I'm Narelle Sindos and joining me for this one, former Premier League defender and now current All-Whites coach Danny Hay and someone who's been covering football for as long as I can remember and I believe he's won six Football Writers of the Year awards. Michael Burgess, thanks for joining me, Jens. Hey, great to be here, Narelle. Really good to be here. Exciting to be talking uh, Premier League football and one of the best seasons I can remember. I just cannot remember a season like this being so... It's unpredictable, isn't it? Yeah, incredibly entertaining. Um, heaps of goals, so I've been loving it so far. It is a super open season. The top 10 is really congested, but why do we think that is? Obviously, COVID has impacted this league quite a bit. Yeah, look, from my perspective, a couple of things. Um, you know, some of the some of the big sides and, uh, you know, like historically they were tough places to go. You think about going to Anfield, you think about going to, to, to Man City, Man United. I don't think the fair fact is quite there anymore because of uh, the lack of fans, probably the lack of atmosphere. Um, but also the, the game has definitely changed over the last few years and I think that's why we're seeing so many uh, open, open games and so many goals scored that people are far more attack-minded now, which is, which is great from a fan's perspective. Yeah, Michael, Danny touched on it there. Fans haven't been allowed in, but we're seeing them return slowly. 2,000 at the moment, but of course 2,000 fans in England sounds like about 20,000. <laughs> they, do, they do make an incredible atmosphere. And that will make a difference, especially for some of the big teams, because I think, as Danny said, it's been a bit easier to go to Old Trafford. It's not as scary when there's no one on the ground, or Anfield, or even Allen Road, Danny's old old board. You know, that those Leeds fans will make an incredible atmosphere. The other thing I'd say why the season is so even, you've got to feel for the players. The player workload has been incredible. They've just been playing so much. I was reading somewhere they've got, basically, the season's been, crest, been compressed, so it's a month less than normal so the players have a day less break than normal so mm. there's a lot of tiredness and that's affecting the big teams and the small teams yeah danny it's hard to predict matches now i mean tough luck if you're a gambler but i mean the season is very open and i guess that's a positive for the neutrals out there as well yeah absolutely as, as we touched on i think that's been uh, probably a benefit you just don't know you know you can have some of the, the smaller sides going to historically some of those those big teams and i think you look at a, a recent result with west brom down the bottom going to manchester city and, and picking up a point which i just don't think you would have seen in the last season or two a, a side like that that's genuinely struggling going to one of the big guns and uh, and coming away with some of the goodies well it's still early days in the premier league season but michael i'll start with you which team has surprised you the most there's been a couple actually uh one team i have to mention is aston villa we've got to move aston villa last year they stayed up by a point so they were due to go down they stayed up by a point this season they've just been amazing i mean they've already had six wins six or seven wins last season they only had nine wins the whole year so and let's not forget that 7-2 result against liverpool i mean i'm trying to forget it but that was actually incredible so so Aston Villa have been amazing. Another team, Southampton. They're sitting in the top four or five. And they're a team that, that struggled last season. I've been impressed with Chelsea in terms of the fact that they actually can defend. I think no one thought they'd be able to defend. They had all these stars. And then you have to talk about Spurs because Jose Mourinho, uh, we thought he might have a short-term impact, a bit of a bump. But so far, he has turned them into kind of, as Jurgen Klopp said the other day, a results machine. They are just 
they are a different kind of Spurs team. Danny, who's impressed you? Can't say Leeds though. No, we'll we'll, we'll leave Leeds to later. But look, I I agree with with Spurs. I mean, the fact, I think you've now seen that Jose Mourinho's had time to implement his style of play. And whilst it's not all fans' cup of tea, I think uh, obviously the squad that he's got have responded to it. And they are. They're they're incredibly effective. Probably another side for me. And and hopefully they can work their way out of the mire as Sheffield United, how effective they were last year. Uh, The amount of clean sheets they had last season as well. They are really struggling at the moment, but uh, look, there's still a long way to go. It's early days, very much so. Yeah, you mentioned Sheffield United, and I think Chris Wilder's side really do benefit from having fans at their stadium oh, yeah. as well. We saw that last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Huge support behind the Blades. Yeah, Brett, look, Bramall Lane, and even even back from my playing days, that was a tough place to go. Old school, small stadium, fans right on top of you. Um, I don't want to say fans quite feral, but they're vocal. You know, it's uh, it's uh, that is a that is a tough ground to go to, and I think they are they are really struggling without that sort of atmosphere and that fear factor of going there. And we talk about um, some teams who I guess have been underperforming, and one of those, of course, is Arsenal at the wrong end of the table. Michael, surely Mikel Arteta's job is in trouble. It probably is, and I think that's really sad. Um, if 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 their results continue, I think it's been their worst start, and what do we hear? It's their worst start in thirty or forty years. If that continues, he's in real trouble and there will be a lot of pressure for him to go. But uh, that's just uh, a sentiment of the impatience these days. There's not much patience with Premier League football because I think he's he could be a bit of a gun. He's, he's, he's a young guy. He's like a Guardiola mini-me. He's got them playing quite a nice style, but it's just not quite working. So I hope that he sticks around, but I will fear for him if, if their results don't turn. Yeah, well, my um, stepdad and my brother actually are Arsenal fans, so I get great pleasure with Arsenal's, you know, uh, turmoil in the league. But Arsenal just seem like they're not the same club they used to be. They're not invincible. They don't win a lot of trophies, and I feel like they struggle to attract big-name players. Would you say that's been a problem for them of late, Danny? Yeah, look, I, I think they obviously had a, an unbelievable era and, and probably they've got a group of fans that uh, are used to success. Um, but look, most most clubs and most sides will have their, their ups and downs at times. But I think, I, I'm with Michael, I hope that Mikhail Arteta, as a young coach, still only 38, I hope he gets given some time, but they are really struggling to score goals from open play. I think it's only one goal from open play in the last nine games, not the last nine fixtures. So that's, you know, if they don't turn that around, then it's, yeah, you, you're going to think that his time may be limited because there is such an expectation on instantaneous results. Although yeah. if he does if he does go, how good would it be to see Arsene Wenger come back? That'd be great. See, I really 74, want... 75 years old, he comes back to rescue the ship for a season. That'd be something. So, you know, that, that could be a storyline too. I would really like to see Terry Henry give that a crack, that role. Mm, mm. Okay, just, you're a fan of the Just personally, yeah, 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 I really like okay. that actually. Yeah. Like Frank Lampard at Chelsea. And yeah. he's French. True. French have gone well at Arsenal. That always helps. Now, another team we have to talk about is Chris Woods Burnley. Again, they've not done as well as we probably would have seen them at this point in the season. They're usually a top 10 team, but at the moment, they're just hanging above the relegation zone. And Danny, I'll come to you first. You've been in touch with Chris. How's he feeling about this? Yeah, look, they're, they're not worried at all. Um, they knew that it was always going to be a tough start to the season. They had a really limited squad, lots of injuries. Um, those players, some of the key players now are starting to come back from injury. They know in the middle of winter that Burnley's a tough place to go to. And I know, Michael, sort of this time last year, you popped in there. It's, you know, it's a pretty tough town. Um, the football club is the sort of heartbeat of it. I've got no doubt that uh, as the season progresses, 
you know, fantastic coach in terms of Sean Dosh. I mean, unbelievable guy, builds great culture there. As these players start to come back from injury and they get on a little bit of a roll, I think they're going to be very difficult to beat, particularly at home, and even if fans still remain, uh, remain away. And Michael, I guess something we have to remind ourselves of is December usually marks the halfway point of the Premier League season, but obviously it's not the usual Premier League season. We're about a third of the way through, so it's really not panic stations yet for the likes of Burnley. No, it's not. You do see some themes. There are some storylines emerging, but um, the thing I would say about Burnley as well, I remember speaking to Chris Wood before the season started, and I said, so have you had a break? And he said, oh, yeah, we've had about two and a half weeks off. And that was it. And then they're back at work. And he he wasn't complaining because he realises that he's got the best job in the world. But it was a hell of a challenge. Uh, they've had limited squad depth. The thing I like about Burnley is their mentality. They are fighters, and they've been through this before. So as Danny said, I think... They'll be okay. The other thing I like, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes will start scoring goals again. But I think they've got the best goalkeeper in the league. I think Nick, Nick Pope is incredible. He makes such a difference. And they will start to get those 1-0 wins, those draws that they've had in the past. Yeah, they'll grind it. And, and we have to say they'll stay up, but I think they will. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the defending champions, Liverpool. Obviously, retaining that title is not going to be as easy as they first thought. It was only recently that they were humbled 7-2 by Aston Villa, and that's not something that you see defending champions go down by. No, quite quite incredible, but I think that's symptomatic of just this, this season, you know, and just tough when you haven't got uh, the atmosphere or the fans in there. And I think it's very, very difficult for some of these players when they're so used to that, they know no different, to now get involved in matches where it's, it probably feels like a little bit of a pre-season friendly for, for a lot of them. But look, uh, you know, Liverpool won't panic. They've got uh, what, I, what I'd say, probably some people would argue with me, but the greatest manager in the world now in terms of Jurgen Klopp. Uh, I think the way he goes about his business and the way he inspires his players and the culture he creates, I think is unbelievable. Um, but look, if, if, if they have their key front three in terms of Firmino, Mane, Salah, if they stay fit, um, yeah, I think they're going to be very hard to beat. And that's even without um, the quality and, and, and I guess power and um, ability to lead that they, they have lost in terms of Virgil van Dijk at the back there. Yeah, Michael, I was just going to get you to touch on the injuries that Liverpool do have. Losing Virgil van Dijk, the key player last season. Joe Gomez as well, another rock at the back. And obviously losing the keeper, Allison for a time period there. It was quite tough for them. Oh, really tough. I mean, especially Virgil van Dijk. I think as a Liverpool fan, I have to be open about this. I used to get nervous when he was out for a week. You know, I used to think, well, we can't survive without Sky because he's turned the whole club around. I mean, Danny knows how important defenders are. But he was the man last year. He was the, uh, he was the absolute beast at the back. He was the guy. So to imagine being without him, we kind of got used to it. But the question for me will be is, can they do it long term? They're missing some other defenders as well. Um, he won't be back this season, so so that's a major issue. They will keep scoring goals. They've got an amazing mentality, amazing belief, but can they do it without Virgil? I assume they're going to sign some defenders in January, so that will be a big boost. Uh, but I'm still I'm still very nervous about the long term effects of of the big Dutchman not being there. Um. Danny, you mentioned that you're a big fan of Jurgen Klopp, but let's talk about Leeds now. Marco Bielsa, are you taking any coaching tips from him? Actually, I was, I was lucky enough uh, last November before we had the international reserve against the Republic of Ireland with the way I needed to go and spend a little bit of time at Leeds. I uh, went there for a couple of sessions and you could just see the, the amount of preparation um, that he put into his sessions. The amount of detail as well was was really quite uh, awe-inspiring. But unbelievable manager. Um, look, if Leeds can sort out their, I guess, their defensive woes, particularly from set pieces, because they're conceding far too many goals from corners uh, and free kicks at the moment, but if they sort that out, I think they're going to be fine. 
Um, they've got enough quality and the style of play for me is, is you know, it's really good to see the way they're trying to play. And hopefully, hopefully for those fantastic Leeds fans, they can get back in the stadium soon and, and get an opportunity to watch their side back in the Premier League, which must be tough for them. You know, it's been such a long time between drinks, such a long wait for them and for their side to finally get back into, I guess, the big show and uh, to not be at the stadium must be tough. Yeah, Michael, Leeds probably don't want to be one of those yo-yo clubs, do they? They keep going up and down. They really want to cement their place in the Premier League again. Well, they've waited so long. I mean, it's been, it's been decades, but they are a club that it feels like a lot of neutrals are happy that they're back because they add so much to the Premier League. They're a bit like an Aston Villa. They're just a big club. They should be there. I mean, they were they were in the Championship and they were getting average home crowds of 35,000, 40,000. So you go to Leeds and the city is just an absolute football town. It's a big city. Uh, they've got such a history in that city as well. So you really want them to stay up. As Danny said, I love the way they're playing. They, they just take the game to teams. They really attack. So what you don't want, though, is, is they get sucked into the relegation battle. That will be a worry because Bielsa puts a lot of pressure on his players anyway. He demands a lot. They call him El Loco, the crazy one. Um, but if things are going well, he's fine. But, but if that pressure comes on, that, that could count against them, but I think Leeds will be okay. Well, while we are on the topic of managers, Jose Mourinho, I want to pose this to you, Danny, because in almost every post-match interview, he gets asked if they're title contenders, and he plays it down every single time. Can you talk me a little bit maybe behind the reasoning for his... Yeah. I don't know, just playing it down time and time again. Yeah, look, just key mentality, trying to take the pressure off his players. Um, he knows if they continue to play the way they are at the moment that they're going to be there or thereabouts. I've got no doubt about that. And what he says, uh, you know, in front of the public, to the media, to the fans, will be very different to what he's saying behind closed doors to the players. There will be a huge amount of belief inside that squad. Um, and he'll be telling them that he thinks that they can go all the way, but he's clearly just trying to take that public pressure off them. Are you speaking from experience? Oh, well, I've, I've been a part of, you know, some football clubs and teams where managers of the Masters have been able to work with the media, manipulate them, but also keep really strong belief inside that changing room. Right, so do we want to talk about Manchester City as well? I'd love to talk about Okay, well, Manchester City, I think, on paper and in terms of the bookies, they are favourites to win the Premier League. Michael, do you think they've got what it takes this season? Definitely. Uh, I'm really nervous about Manchester City because I think um, they've got a lot to prove. Last season was a bit of a disaster for them. This time last season, their title campaign was virtually over. You know, they didn't defend the title very well. And then they had that crazy result in the Champions League. So they've got a lot to prove. Um, and they really want to bounce back. And they've still got the best squad in the league. You know, they have got such a deep squad. They've been missing Aguero, and he's back soon, so he'll make a big difference because they just haven't been scoring goals. Sergio used to do it for them all the time. They are really missing David Silva. He was such a key weapon for them in attack. But I'm worried about Manchester City. I still think they should be the favourites to win the league, and I think I think they might do it as much as it kind of kills me to say it. Defensively looking quite strong at the moment as yes, well, exactly. which you, you can't always say about Pep Guardiola's sides from time to time. They're looking really quite solid there. But... Uh, yeah, that's big to hear from a Liverpool fan. I know, it hurts me. Turning, but, but turning his back on Liverpool and, and, and arming up with Man City to win it. Well, we are only roughly a third of the way through the season, but Michael, can I get a prediction from you? Who do you think is going to take out the title? Oh, I've got to say it again. Well, I think Manchester City will do it, <laughs> and it's killing me to say it, but I think they will just shade Liverpool because the injuries are going to mount up for Liverpool. It's going to be very close. I mean, as we said, 
uh, before this season is very different. So it feels like there's actually four or five teams in contention. I mean, if Chelsea go on a run, you never know what they could do. Spurs are definitely a factor. Uh, Leicester will be up there taking points off everyone. Liverpool will be determined to defend their title. And even, dare I say it, even Manchester United, they've been crazy so far this season, but the players they've got, if they somehow went on a run, they, they, they could make some kind of impression. But I think it could be going back to the blue half of Manchester. It's killing me to say it, but, but let's hope I'm wrong. Let's hope I'm wrong. Danny, what about you? Oh, Leeds United to go, to go on an unbelievable <laughs> run and to win it. <laughs> look, I, I still think Liverpool will, will have enough. Um, look, you don't know what they're going to do in the, in, the, in the January transfer window, um, who, who they decide to bring in. Um, no doubt they'll be looking at a couple of options. Um, and I don't think Jurgen Klopp is going to die wondering. He'll want to hold no. on to that title. And like I said, I, I think in somebody like um, Jordan Henderson, they've got an unbelievable leader, um, a really selfless player. Uh, I know that he's got a huge amount of respect inside that change room. And then with those, with the goal-scoring machines up front, um, they're always going to be a threat. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with Liverpool. Lovely. Yeah, I'm disappointed in you, Michael, actually. But vice versa... I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> vice versa, you can usually tell around about this time maybe one of the teams who are destined for relegation who would that be for you oh i think sheffield united are in real trouble um they're almost certainly going to be last at christmas and normally that's the barometer every team that's last in christmas goes down i think there's been two exceptions i think west brom when brian robson was manager they stayed up and there were one other team that did it as well this year's a bit different because we're not it won't be halfway through but i think they're i love chris wilder i love what they did last year you mentioned it before They've got a really you know, strong British-type squad, but I think they're already in trouble. And the other team I wonder about is West Brom, unfortunately. Got a lot of time for West Brom, but uh, a great result against Manchester City recently. But it could be a long, long season for the Baggies. Yeah, look, I, I think, I think as I said, Sheffield United, West Brom, and probably Fulham, I think, are going to be in a little bit of trouble as well. Um, you may find somebody like Brighton get dragged into it. I'm hoping Burnley, as we've spoken about, remove themselves, leads well and truly out of there. Um, but I think I think some of those ones that are in and around that zone right at this point in time, I think are probably going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. So all three, all three teams that came up will go down. Well, oh, well, so sad. Well, no, Sheffield United were up. For, oh, they, of course they were. We're up for last season. So look, but. You know, but that's the nature of some of those smaller sides. It's yeah, you end up being a yo-yo club. I think you've got to survive a couple of seasons in the Premier League, almost bed yourself in, and then it's almost like you, you can get to that that mid-table sort of safety on a regular basis. Michael, obviously, we've got our beloved Chris Wood in the Premier League, and he's doing great things. And I think perhaps we maybe take him for granted. We just wake up and expect to see his name on the score sheet. I think what he's doing is absolutely incredible. Um, I spoke to a fellow All-Whites defender, Ryan Nelson, before the start of the season, and Ryan made the point that, hey, we might never see this again. You know, we hope we do, but to have a New Zealander striker in the Premier League, not just a striker, though, he's getting double-digit goals every season. I mean, that's just something that's absolutely unheard of when you think of all the big players from all other countries that have gone there and not scored goals. So what he's doing is something else. It's been a tough start for him. Burnley have struggled as well, but he's got a couple of good goals, had some other chances. He will come right. But I was looking the other day, he scored 37 goals in the Premier League. 
Um, if you look at some players he scored more than, he scored more than Sean Wright Phillips, who played for England, Manchester mm -hmm. City, more than David Gillilla, who some might remember, a French legend at Newcastle, and more than Janinho, a Brazilian legend at Middlesbrough. So for a Kiwi kid from Hamilton to be yeah. doing this, yep. it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. look, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. He's obviously a, a leader amongst uh, amongst our squad inside the awards. Um, I just look at the way the young players look at him and look up to him and what he's doing on a regular basis. And I think you're 100% right. I don't think most Kiwis really have a true understanding of the level that he is operating at on a weekly basis. And to have you know, a Kiwi guy that is now the, the, the leading goal scorer for a Premier League club yeah. in a, a one-off season. So 14 goals last season. Like that is that is phenomenal. And that's, uh, like I say, it's a, it's a kid from Hamilton who went, went over there at, you know, sort of age 16 and has just gone from strength to strength. But... I look at his career and what it's taken um, previously to get to the point that he is, and I think he's an unbelievable role model for our young players. He really had to, to work hard and had multiple loans, multiple different clubs that he worked his way through um, until he probably had a breakout season at Leeds, scored numerous goals, and then got picked up by Burnley, and he's found a, a really good fit at the moment um, in Sean Dyche and his squad and the way they play. And, and you know the best thing, he's probably still yet to hit his peak. It's only his third or fourth season in the Premier League. He's still relatively young. He's got some years on his side, so we could see even more from Chris Wood. Well, we want to see a bit more of him playing for the All Whites. <laughs> because we just want to get some games under it's our It's about belt. time, I know. Well, that was my next thing, actually. Worst case scenario, Burnley do get relegated. What happens to Chris Wood? Will he get picked up by another Premier League team, or will he go outside of England? Chris is very loyal. Uh, he would love to stay at Burnley, and Burnley loves him. He loves the town. But I think they might not have a choice. I think someone would come in for him. We saw in the off-season this year there was talk about Newcastle being interested in him, Southampton were very interested, and even there was some talk about Lazio in Italy. So he, he, he is in demand. I mean, it's hard to find strikers who are consistent scorers in the Premier League. He's improving, as we said, and he's got the right mindset, the right work ethic. So I'm sure he'd be picked up by another Premier League club and I don't think Burnley could actually hold on to him even if they wanted to. Yeah, totally agree. Like, it's hard to come by proven goal scorers, and that, that is what he is now. He's got a reputation as a proven goal scorer at that level, at the very highest level of the game. So, yeah, I think it would be very tough for Burnley to be able to hold on to him. Well, gents, thank you very much for joining me on the first episode of Spark at the match. It's going to be very interesting to see how this Premier League season plays out. Remember, you can catch every game live on Spark Sport, and we'll see you soon.